I think that's a bit missing. Yeah. This kind of platform, a younger platform, and to organize it in an ambiente like this, it's even it's not this kind of lecture style like yeah. where it's more stiff. Like yeah. it's very, very. I think you uh, will be very successful in Milan. Like Thank I you. think it's very good. Cafe house yeah. tradition, yeah. where basically also in the 60s or 70s, you know, all this uh, radical concepts they were done, they were not done at the university. They were done in bars, where these things started to to, to grow. What really interests us is the Dolomites uh, Tree Houses project uh, that you developed is an example of reconnecting people with nature. And um, how important it is to uh, redefine this concept and to understand that we uh, come um, out of nature, not into it. I mean, there's a very interesting um, interesting text or interesting person, Marc-Antoine Logier, one of the first, let's say, architecture theory guys, let's say, in like 1800. And he came with a concept which is called the primitive hut. And uh, I will show it also later, a little bit, a slide. Uh, during the Renaissance, he came up with this very radical idea um, with this primitive hut that is basically the concept is uh, the anthropologi anthropological relationship of human being and nature and, uh, and also to create an architecture which comes from a certain instinct you mm -hmm. know and not is so much forced so and this is one of the concepts that uh, inspires uh, a lot I think like this, this relationship this fundamental relationship of human being and nature and of course and this is really a project that is different from the very typical hotel concept, let's say, and it goes really back to the idea of the human being and nature, like to just, you know, to have this concept where you're very close to nature. Yeah. And um, I think this is also the future of tourism. I think it's not about this I always call it the more is more concept, you know, like there, there's a big competition in tourism, also in the place where I come from, in Alto Adige, and everybody uh, tries to uh, compete with more sauna and spa and whatever, and I think that's not the future of, not of architecture, not of tourism in this case. I think it should go back to slow down everything, to not have this kind of competition of saunas and pools, but really focus on very simple and good architecture that is related to nature. Um, water pollution is a major problem of construction today. What are the other main issues we are not aware of and how this damage can be reduced through the means of sustainable architecture? I mean there is a lot of damage, especially as yes, the last year has produced, like especially also in, in, in architecture and the building, the entire building industry, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think there needs to be a radical change, like to, to think different and to build different as well. And uh, that's why projects that we will see also today we use mostly local materials, like we try to build with local materials, with local companies. And um, I think that's, that's one very important thing. 
um, of course, sustainable energies, like to use new energies, like photovoltaics, like uh, heating pumps, like all this. Like this is another fundamental uh, thing that that needs to be done. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, building industry. Uh, what is the role and responsibility of an architect um, in informing the building industry and public on sustainability? The role of the architect. Yeah. I think the role of the architect should also be to educate people, yeah. to educate also the clients, I think, because the clients sometimes come with an idea, also the government or the municipalities, uh, they come with certain ideas and that are not always, not always good, I mean, not always bad, but I think what is very important for the architect is to educate people mm -hmm. and to make them think different mm -hmm. in terms of sustainability but also in terms of a program of architecture in terms of materials in terms of you know needs to be this holistic approach yeah. Peter how would you describe your working experience in Middle East um, I think our working experience in the Middle East is, is, is very interesting even if it takes a lot of time because they have a lot of problems with the government at the moment so it's very very slow to do projects in the Middle East but at the same time it's very very interesting for us uh, to do that because it's a whole different approach, it's a different culture, it's a different uh, uh, way of thinking you know there is uh, for example, privacy is a very big issue there, and uh, you have the sun in this, that case, or the heat is a real enemy. Not especially also the, the culture of the place is very interesting, and the vernacular architecture. We're always interested in uh, vernacular architecture on site, and what we can take from the past to bring it into new context. How do you envision uh, architecture in the future, and especially are there practical implementations in architecture for a greener future? I think there are a lot of ideas how to create a greener future in architecture. I think that uh, most of the ideas I think of, of studios and also of us are sometimes maybe too radical for, for the clients and for certain municipalities, like they could be there could be a much better future, I think, also if architects would have more freedom. Because there are so many restrictions and laws, and, and especially laws that were made like 50 years ago, that are just not, um, they're not uh, up to date anymore. So now these days there is a lot of wood constructions going on, I think, and it's a little bit the debate of building like vertically with wood. Mm -hmm which uh, in certain countries is uh, still difficult because of the building codes like fire for instance. I think uh, if I would have a wish in the future is to, to, to give more freedom to architects. Of course you need to, you, know, you cannot give freedom to architects in terms of, of course it needs to be always, there needs to be a certain control or something, but I think there should be more interpretation, let's say, for, for architecture, especially for laws. Because I think uh, uh, the world is changing, uh, the industry is changing, and I think the future is uh, it's not a mass production anymore, but it's more a, um, a kind of mass customization.
which you see already is in industries like if you take like uh, fashion, if you take like design, that the future is really like a mass customization. So you can basically have everything customized. And I think architecture, of course, is very custom, but I still think that that uh, in terms of laws, it should be more customized. Like you should make, I think you should have more the freedom as an architect to propose something that is more intelligent than a law that was written 50 years ago. Yeah. So this is what I mean. I read in, in an interview another day that Japanese architect Ishigami, who has been announced as, um, as a designer of this year's uh, Serpentine Pavilion, um, said, um, art is an expression and architecture is a solution. Do you think architecture is art? No. I don't think that architecture is art and I had a lot of discussions with that. Um, I, I still think that architecture is architecture and art is art as a profession, which doesn't mean that they cannot be connected. But I really think that the profession of an architect is a different profession than an artist. Um, I think the difference is, one difference I think is that as an artist you are more free which is much better, which sometimes, of course, I'm jealous to see artists that they are free, they don't have really a client. I mean, they will have a client later, but they can produce their work not in a debate with any clients or municipalities or governments. So they can produce their work, they're free, and then later, of course, the work goes to a gallery or, you know, this is done the latest. Of course, as an architect, you're since day one, First of all, you have, need to have a commission, so you need to have a client in order to have work. And then you work on a project and uh, a lot of time of this project you spend with municipalities, you spend with building codes, you spend with... So there is a main difference, I think, in the profession of an artist and an architect. And I think, I, I don't see it as the same, but I, I really like the interaction of the two. Like I really like uh, that when, when, when art is combined with architecture, yeah. when, they, when they start to... I mean, I'm also personally very inspired about art. Like I think uh, as, as an architect, like I'm, I'm inspired by art because I think that uh, what art can do, architecture is sometimes restricted, you know, mm -hmm. because art is more free. So sometimes, as I said before, like, uh, you know, you see concepts in art where you think, wow, uh, that's amazing. And, 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 and then you think about in the scale of architecture, think how would this be possible yeah. to, do, to do in architecture? Because as soon as you do architecture and it's like there are human beings living inside, yeah. or, or even if it's just an installation, you know, we did an installation last year at the Salona and there were a lot of questions about uh, the people going in and they could get injured and this is like not working and we need to adapt the heights and and you know so as soon as it's art you say this is an artwork and you can go in or not you know it's maybe it's a bit more free and I think. Yeah.